Welcome, Pudding People, to another episode of Everybody Loves Pudding. We are your hosts, Ken Seymour and Richard Geiger. How you doing, Richard? I'm doing well. How are you today? I'm fantastic. I'm ready for the trial, <laughs> trials and tribulations of apparently still learning how to use uh, computers and, and things like that. Um, but I heard uh, I heard it's been a good week for you. You got started on some new geeky goodness related to comic books, right? Uh, yes, I've spoken on our podcast a few times about um, being fortunate enough to have the subscription service for HBO Max. Um, and the interesting things that are on there from the DC marketplace, right? So the DC channel, DC exclusives, DC cartoons. There's tons of great stuff on there. There really is. Um, but they just added the Titans live action show mm. in, in like the last week. And uh, I've watched the first episode now. And I can confirm that it is definitely not a show for kids at all. Well, that's really surprising because aren't the Teen Titans supposed to be like Justice League but kids? Yes. <laughs> Um, I mean, just look at Teen <laughs> Titans Go. I mean, it's, it's right in the name. Fun. Yeah. 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 So hopefully this will continue on this trend. And it, after watching also um, the Young Justice set of shows, they just added a couple weeks ago onto HBO Max. The third season, which just released in 2019, was on there. And I have completed that third season on Young Justice. And that's a great show if you haven't seen that one. Uh, the A lot of the characters, it looks like, from That Young Justice will show up in some small bits and pieces in some of the episodes of Titans Season 1 and 2. So, um, you know, neat little, neat little tie-in, neat little set of characters to show up and see how they do from a live-action standpoint. That sounds like a lot of fun. There's some interesting things going on, both with television and in the print media with comics. I know my personal tastes often don't really flow with a lot of other people, but there are a couple of titles that I'm, I am personally excited about. I know I've picked up uh, a couple, uh, one of which I'm going to put up on the camera. For those of you only listening on, uh, <laughs> on the audio, you can't really see it. But the Taskmaster comic book uh, made me giggle just a little bit because it's a character I've always really liked and under normal circumstances would never get its own title. Just just wouldn't happen. But because Black Widow is coming out and that character is going to be in the movie, they gave it kind of its own title as a tie-in. Um, now, the really funny thing is it just came out as of, uh, we are recording here in the middle of November of 2020. Uh, it was obviously meant to come out much sooner because the movie was originally going to come out much sooner. So all of the ads in the comics are advertising things that are supposed to happen in April, May. Wow. <laughs> it's pretty funny. But uh, so, yeah, uh, actually very, uh, very cinematic the way they put it together. I'm liking it so far. I've also been enjoying the Strange Academy kind of for people. If you like uh, Harry Potter and Doctor Strange, imagine those two kind of melding together. Really a lot of fun to it. And uh, the Thor series has been just kind of fantastic right now. 
Um, I've really enjoyed this run of it. Uh, some some good stories on that. Yeah, the Taskmaster character I think is pretty cool too, and I was looking forward to seeing that character uh, on screen. And someday we'll get to see it. Yeah, it'll happen. Well, and uh, hopefully in a way that won't cause me to be in a room full of people that are sick. Fingers so crossed. No, I mean, yeah. <laughs> But okay, well, let's jump into what this episode's really about. We're continuing our trek down memory lane. Well, not down memory lane for all of us. Uh, historical lane. Let's call it uh, trek down history. We're doing the um, the history of comic book movies. We've been doing this segment on and off for almost three years now because there are just a ton of comic book movies, and we've managed to move ourselves into 2010. Are you excited? Uh, we're getting closer to current times. So <laughs> that means the proliferance of, is that a word? More yep. comic book movies. Oh, yeah. Now, to rem- to just kind of remind our listeners, because I realized the last couple times we did this, we didn't really break it down because we were so used to doing it in every episode. But I'm going to remind everybody what we are actually covering here. Uh, they are... Movies based on comic books. Now, this is sounds like it should be simple, but it really isn't exactly as simple as you would think because a comic strip is not necessarily a comic book to everybody, so we're going to kind of ignore those. And we are basing these on movies that are uh, created in English. So they have to have been created in English. The original comic either had to be in English or had to have been translated to English before the movie actually came out. It also had to have been a comic first, not a, a movie, then a comic, then a movie. Its origin had to be that of a comic, though it could have been a book before it was a movie. That would have been fine. But no audio, um, no radio broadcast, no uh, TV, no movie broadcast first. Yeah. <clears throat> pretty cut and dry. Yeah, pretty cut and dry. So, um Let's get some of the... I tried to divide this. There are actually quite a few comic movies that were released in 2010. If you include comic strips, there's actually 12 titles. Um, Two of them are based uh, on comic strips. The others are based on comic books. So we're basically going to ignore two of those. And considering I've seen a lot of movies, but I've only actually seen half of the movies released in 2010. So I figured we'd uh, put the ones that I have not seen, you know, towards the front make it you know easy especially since a couple of them well you'll you'll understand once we kind of get into it yeah there are some uh i've never heard of <laughs> half of these things that are on here and i looked at you know some of the first ones you know try to look up on imdb trying to look up some of these things like okay uh the first one we're going to talk about 1.5 stars 1.9 stars is the average rating so yeah. It's a winner. Yeah, yeah. Well, let's let's jump into that one then. Uh, now, you remember when Iron Man came out in 2008, and then we had Captain America, and we had Thor, and all, all those culminated into the Avengers. And you know what that means? People want to take advantage of other people that don't know comics and release movies that sound like those comics. So we get The Avenging Force, The Scarab, released in 2010. Now, a lot of people would think that this movie was literally 
just a ripoff uh, trying to get people to watch something that looked like the Avengers. Now, it is actually based on comics, Silver Age comics. Um, but they're just characters that most people don't know. I'm not going to bother going into it because they're really not going to be used in anything and it's not that interesting. On top of that, if you look at what the director has done, there are other films that are very clearly intentionally trying to take advantage of the Avengers and the uh, component movies that made up the Avengers to try and just make a buck. Um, and that's not intended as a uh, insult. <laughs> it's just, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, the not a lot of uh, actors or actresses that I really um, recognized in this film. And by not a lot, I mean none of them. <laughs> no. <laughs> Nobody I know. And and I was wrong on the IMDb ratings. It's 1.2. That's so. <laughs> That's fantastic. And that is all we're going to say about that particular film. One and out. Get it, get it gone. Now, I promise the, they will get better from here. That's the only one that's really kind of like that in this particular year. Um, but we actually talked about the, uh, the next one is a, a sequel uh, to something, well, sort of, uh, that we had already talked about and based on a comic. So I'm not going to go into the origin of the comic either. But this one is called uh, Dylan Dog, Dead of Night. Um, now, the comic is not a, an American comic. It's uh, uh, from Mexico, but it's in English, uh, so counts. Mm -hmm. um, neat thing about this, though, this film, while I have not seen it, actually has a pretty killer cast. Some of your favorites, even. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Brandon Ruth, man, uh, that dude is on, on like my top of the top of people that I want to meet and talk to. And uh, he's just, he's like the personification of likable. No. He does. Um, so people may know him maybe as one of the iterations of Superman, amongst mm -hmm. other things. Uh, more recently, of course, he's been on the uh, WB series of Legends shows. of Tomorrow. Yep. But he's done. I mean, he's done other things as oh, well. Oh yeah, he's he's done a ton, and rightfully so. He's he's talented. He's handsome. He's kind of got it all. But he's not the only one in this one. I mean, Sam Huntington is in this, and he's just been in a ton of stuff. I mean, if you like Detroit Rock City or Fanboys or anything like that, uh, unsurprisingly, also in Superman Returns <laughs> with Brandon Ruth as uh, Jimmy Olsen, kind of kind of humorous a little bit there. You got. Uh, Tay Diggs, who was really popular for a hot minute. You've got Kurt Angle, uh, a wrestler extraordinaire, is in this. Uh, but, uh, you know, Peter Stormare is in it. I mean, he's uh, he's been in just a ton of stuff. If you're a fan of Fargo, I mean, he was, he was great in that. We talked about how good Constantine, even though it wasn't based, well, it was based on the comic, but it wasn't like the comic, the Keanu Reeves one. I mean, he played Satan in that one. That was yeah. kind of cool. Um, and uh, the fun, the most fun little one in this that I enjoyed, though, was uh, Mitchell Whitfield is in it. Now, that's not a name that a lot of people necessarily recognize, but for me, it's one that dings a bell just because I'm a huge fan of my cousin Vinny, <laughs> and he is one of the two Utes <laughs> that is in that. Ah, I see. Yeah. So, um, 
basically supernatural zombies and not a lot to this film. Have you seen this one, Richard? Oh, uh, that's a big negatory. <laughs> yeah, I'm not Isn't terribly surprised. Peter, Peter Stormare, he's also, um, he's an anarchist, right? He believes in nothing. <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Does with he? Flea, with Flea. Well, you know, he's in, um, and, and I'm, my, my mind is drawing an absolute blank right now, but uh, with the dude. Uh, oh, right. Um, uh, Big Lebowski. Big Lebowski. Yes. Why can't I think of that? But yes, that's where I, I mean, he's in, that dude is in everything. Oh, and yeah. He's great in everything that he does. Yeah. And that makes me want to see this film, even though it's not one that you wouldn't think of immediately, but was a cast that good? It kind of begs to be seen. So I'm, I'm definitely going to have to rectify that. You, uh, you a big Kurt Angle fan? You know, I've been watching wrestling a long time, and I definitely enjoyed Kurt Angle when I watched him wrestling. I didn't watch him in the Olympic days when he was, you know, uh, doing the Greco-Roman style for the gold because that bores me to tears. But uh, in the WWE, he's been great, and uh, he's, uh, he's got more charisma than you would think. I am completely unfamiliar with anything other than his name. So, yeah, no, he he had uh, he's he can do the dorky charm. He can actually be intimidating. I mean, he he can he's he's got more range, like I said, than you would expect. So he's a lot of fun to watch. Um, so uh, we'll just move on to the next one since you haven't seen it and I haven't seen it, and I may want to see it, but that doesn't change the fact that uh, it doesn't really matter. Um, so uh, the next one is another sequel. Now, we talked about this first one that came out we both saw that we really liked. And I'm going to wager that neither of us saw the sequel because it's like a direct-to-video style sequel. Uh, But uh, 30 Days of Night, Dark Days. Um, So they take what's really cool about 30 Days of Night where it's vampires in an area where night never ends because it's Alaska and the, the days are weird. And what they do is they relocate it to New York. Great. <laughs> yeah, the, the the first one's fun because you can tell it's just kind of it's not exactly huge budget, but like you could tell effort and style was put into it. Plus it's got Danny Houston. He's he's just awesome. Yeah, he's awesome. And the first one was a, a fun one, and this one just looks the opposite of that and the fact that it went direct to video kind of tells you all you need to know, I think. Well, and, and it's probably better than it than it really sounds. It's one of those things that my initial thought is saying, oh, this is probably not. And it's, it's not really direct to video. It had a theatrical release, but it was a really short one. So <laughs> um, maybe that tells you all you need to know. Well, yeah, that, that on its own doesn't necessarily mean anything. There's a lot of movies that are released that didn't get that falling than it developed like a cult following later and they were really great but i could not tell you if this is one of those things i will eventually again rectify the problem and watch it but until i do i got nothing good to say about this uh just because i have nothing to say about this (laughs) i recognize one of the actors he was in entourage yeah 
I mean, it's, it's got some, some looks like some B and C players. And again, I hope nobody takes that the wrong way, but people that you wouldn't immediately think of as a marquee name, I got to go see the film because this person is in it. It's just none of those names are there uh, for, for people that the average Joe is going to recognize. Now, those of us that watch movies, I recognize a lot of these names. And for me, yeah, I probably would go see it because of those names, but most people, not so much. Correct. Yeah. And and scene. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, move on to the first film that I'm just going to mention because basically it doesn't technically match, but I will say that uh, Tamara Drew came out in 2010. We're not going to go over it because it's based on a comic strip. But um, the next comic book movie that we're going to talk about is um, kind of like a sci-fi film noir mashup. Uh, it, it is uh, called Paradox. Now, Paradox was based off of a graphic novel by uh, uh, Louis Enrique. I hope it's Enrique and not Enrique, but that's probably Enrique. Let's go with Louis Enrique Ribeiro and uh, Christos Engage. Uh, which, by the way, anytime you have a last name of Gage, if your middle name is anything with an N in it, you should always abbreviate it and always use it because then it's Engage, which just makes me giggle. Every time. Engage. Right. But um, so it's like an alternate Earth setting. Um, and okay. It, well, I mean, well, it's, it's, it's a detective story. So I'm, I'm trying to find a way to, to describe it without really giving anything away. Because um, this is one of those that I haven't seen all the way through, but I've seen bits and pieces. Um, so. Most importantly, though. Who is playing said detective in this movie? It's the fantastic Kevin Sorbo, who I have met, and he is just uh, one of the nicest people that you'll ever talk to. Um, <laughs> you're smiling. <laughs> that, Kevin Sorbo is awesome. Yes, he, I think. he's Hercules, man. Takes me back to my syndicated Hercules and Xena days. Well, that he also was the um, the main. He was the lead in um, Andromeda, um, kind of uh, one of those sci-fi shows that was also by Gene Roddenberry that not a lot of people watched, but that I really, really enjoyed. Um, so I have a great love of him. Now, this has a lot of sci-fi roots because he's not the only one in this that had some you know things that I really enjoyed. Christopher Judge is in this film, and Christopher Judge uh, played our, our favorite... Uh, uh, refugee from uh, the Stargate television show. Um, Maybe ours, the wrong word, but mine. Uh, he was he was the uh, originally worked for Apophis and then didn't and and was a good guy for the entire show. Had a great great angle. That show lasted forever and ever, and uh, a lot of it I think was due to him because he he was a lot of fun on that show. He was pretty much in all the like he. He spanned the whole uh, length of the episodes, all the seasons, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, yeah. And he, wasn't, he, was he was in some spinoff. Like, he showed up in some other bits, didn't he? Well, yeah. I mean, they had a couple different Stargate shows. I mean, they had Stargate uh, Atlantis. They had Stargate Universe. Um, and I think he appeared in Atlantis. Uh, I do not remember him being in Universe because if he would have been in it, he would have only been in the first episode, and I don't remember him being in the first episode. 
Um, but uh, yeah, no, he was he was he was the kind of the rock uh, of that uh, of that cast. I feel. I mean, they were all good, but uh, he had something that uh, a lot of them. He, he had he had to basically be the straight man, and I always had. I guess that's what it is. I have a great deal of respect for the straight man character in any show, whether you're talking about the old Marx Brothers stuff or whether you're talking something more current, because if they don't play it right, a lot of other stuff just does not work. Um, so that that was great. Uh, A.C. Peterson was uh, in this show. Now, A.C. Peterson's been in a ton of stuff. I mean, for those that like the buddy comedies, he was in Shanghai Noon. Uh, he was also in Shooter, not quite a comedy, but... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, he's been in quite a few things here and there. They're a lot of fun. Um, and I think the only other name that really popped on this one for me was um, Ailson Down. Um, she was in 12 Monkeys, um, which was kind of cool. Um, and she was in, uh, what was it, um, having one of those um, one of those mental moments. Yeah, she was in something else that I watched that I like too, but you know. Other than that, again, this is one of those that I'm just not going to get into. I'm sure you probably have not seen it either. Nope, unfortunately not. Yeah, so we're going to wipe that, and now we're going to start getting into some stuff that I think we will know a little more and be able to go into depth on. Get get the easy stuff out of the way. Now, one yes. more kind of honorable. Uh, Marmaduke came out in 2010 also. A comic strip movie, not a comic book movie, but just kind of a, a fun little thing there. All right, so let's uh, get away from films that not a lot of people saw with maybe casts, maybe nots, to a film that a lot of people saw and had a stupidly good cast. Uh, came out in 2010, The Losers. Did you see this one? I have seen this one, but it's probably been 10 years since I've seen this one. Well, it's uh, this is actually based on a comic um, uh, by uh, Andy Diggle. Um, and uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's fun because it's, it's less about kind of um, superpowers and that sort of thing. And, and it's more like... Um, it's more relatable. It's more grounded, I guess, is the word. So, I mean, anytime you can get away from the lower the power level of the characters that you're doing, uh, if you're going to have kind of a heroic environment or an action environment, the more relatable it is to the average person, I feel. And that definitely happens with this. And when you mix it with the fact that uh, this cast is just freaking fire, um, you've, you've got a winner for sure. And you've got to look at the cast in terms of this. We, we, we talked like this was 10 years ago. Yeah. So this cast was amazing then. And when you look at the names now, you're, I, I just don't know if in 2010 it was as impressive as it is, you know, when we look at it today, because everybody was hot then. And a lot of these people are hot to an extent now. Yeah. So like, it's, I don't know. It's, it's got a, really good set of people in it well i mean obviously you got jeffrey dean morgan now think of this 10 years ago we're on season 15 of supernatural which means this is the time about which he left that show um and before before he started on walking dead yeah before he started on walking dead so um 
I mean, so he just kind of went from hit to hit to hit uh, going on that, and not surprising because he's he's freaking awesome. Um, of course, we we talked on our last one about uh, the Watchmen, mm-hmm. which he was in. Yeah, um, yeah, he, and I I just finished the most recent season of The Walking Dead, and he was of course a prominent figure in the most recent season as well. So he's I don't know, he's just a real likable actor in terms of what he does and the characters that he portrays. Yep. Uh, Zoe Saldana is in it uh, for comic booky movie type people. I mean, Gamora from Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but she's shown that she can do action and all sorts of other stuff. She's got that star power. She's got the capability to be a lead in pretty much anything. Um, oh, yeah. Chris Evans. I mean, obviously, freaking Captain America the guy with the most uh so long as you're not counting um so long as you're not counting the uh the stuff that uh um uh, i'm having a, like a little cameo the one yeah little bits yep. yeah as long as you're not counting mr lee's cameos um chris evans has the most different characters played in different comic adaptations Bruce over Lee. anybody yeah uh, what Bruce Lee? What are you doing? You know it's Stanley. Just hey, you got you got to be nice to me because the the brain it's mush. I've been dealing with names all day because of the new thing that we'll be releasing soon. But anyway, now uh, back to what <laughs> I see a lot of names all day long, and it kind of kind of makes me go uh, a little loopy. Um, uh, Idris Elba. I mean, he's got the he's got the comic book connections. Obviously, he's been in a ton of stuff, and I'll watch him. He's if he if his acting role is just I'm making macaroni and cheese. Fine, put Idris Elba in it, and it will make millions of dollars. It'll be fine. I mean, just just those names by themselves. This film is nuts. Yeah, just in those four, and the other people that are in it too you know, make up a very recognizable set of names as well. Yeah. I mean, you just, if you get a chance, pull it up on IMDb, look down the names, you go, oh, I know that person. I know that person. I know that person. Because <laughs> they're all pretty good. Um, and it's a fun film. I mean, it's it's got a lot of good action in it from, uh, from what I remember. I mean, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, again, uh, bits and pieces. Uh <laughs> yeah, it's memory. been so long since I've seen. Now, I will say, going back to our HBO Max, uh, this film is on there, so you can go watch it right now if you have that subscription. Yeah. So let's uh, let's uh, step to a slightly different action movie based in characters that are more believable because of a lack of powers with a stupid amount of marquee uh, major names. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. Uh, we go also in 2010, and this may be maybe why The Losers was not as memorable. It's because Red came out that year too. Um, as awesome as that list of actors was in the other movie, when you kind of compare them to the list of actors in this movie, it's not about the quality, but in terms of recognizability and people that have been leads in stuff like forever at that point this movie has it it's if you go if you go way down the list so if you're an imd reference and you go way down the list there's there's a name down here 
who's not who we'll we'll get to all the cast members, but you go way down the list, there's a person who was a very prominent role in one of my favorite shows. And it's just funny that it's like list, <laughs> you know, name twenty way down the end here. But uh, Red, uh, for those of you that are interested, was based on a comic uh, basically back from 2003. Uh, Cully, Hamner, and Warren Ellis uh, were kind of responsible for it. Um, and it's the same title as the film. Um, Homage is the uh, publisher that put it out. Um, now, the director of this, uh, Robert... Schwenke. Schwenke? Did I say that right? Sounds about right. Yeah. This is another of those uh, multi-time comic movie people, and we'll end up talking about him again here in a couple episodes on this. But he did so well on this that he goes, let's do another comic book movie. And it couldn't possibly go wrong. <laughs> okay. I mean, that's a few years down the road of discussions. Years. The cast was great in that movie. It was. I I enjoyed that movie for what it was. Yeah. And we'll discuss that. We'll discuss time. that here in, in uh, three three years worth of... Uh, <laughs> but, yeah. But we'll come back to that. He, he takes another swing that doesn't go quite as well for a lot of people. But, um, so, okay. So, first of all, Bruce Willis. If you're going to have an action film, I mean, you got to have Bruce Willis. Uh, as one of your top action film guys. I mean, it, it's almost a guaranteed win. It doesn't matter what the movie is about. You put in Bruce Willis and he's and he's gold. Yeah, he's he's pretty consistent in the type of character he plays. And and I will say in this particular movie, you know, he's he plays, you know, a similar type of character. It's been a little while since I've seen this movie. But he plays Bruce I, Willis in this. He yes. plays Bruce Willis in this movie. Yeah. And I think this movie I think this movie is underrated in a certain sense because it is a really good fun movie. It's super fun. And I don't think a lot of people got you know the the the, the visibility to this movie or thought about it as a fun or interesting type of movie. And I think it I just feel like it it got overlooked maybe in the gamut of action movies and comic book movies when it came out. And I definitely remember seeing it and uh, enjoying watching the movie and was actually surprised by how good the movie was. It's basically Mission Impossible meets Grumpy Old Men. It's, I mean, I don't know if there's a better way to describe it, and that's not perfect, but that's the basic concept of it. Yeah. Um and it and it works. It's a lot of fun. A uh, bunch of people with a lot of experience and unrealistic physics coupled with awesome ass, uh, action <laughs> and it's great. Yes, the unrealistic physics of course is the key to that. Yeah, yeah. But uh Mary Louise Parker is in it and she's always good and stuff. Uh she brings a lighthearted element to the film that it really needs because everybody else is so uh into the their characters are all you know about being tough and being that that kind of hard hard nosed spy kind of thing and she's just she is the the surrogate for the the uh, person watching the movie so you can kind of relate a little into it which is nice. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, one of our favorites between both of us, uh, Mr. Carl Urban. Oh yeah, is in this and he he tries to uh, 
give Chris Evans a run for his money for a number of different comic book characters and film and TV. Um, and I will watch him in anything cause he's awesome. Um, but Morgan Freeman obviously is just fantastic in this cause, uh, you just have to have him talk a little bit <laughs> and, and all right, I'll watch it. Whatever it else. Um, Ernest Borgnine, for those Ooh. that aren't uh, maybe of the older generation, at one time this dude was like one of the marquee actors. If you wanted to have a, a, a drama or a comedy, you kind of wanted to think about this guy because he's just awesome. Um, so it was nice to see him in this. Um, John Malkovich, who was so much fun and so many different things. Um just, I mean, all around awesome. Who was the Who was the person that you were talking about that you love seeing in all those different things? James Remar. I kind of thought that might have been who you're talking about. So he was um, he was in Dexter, and he always popped up every season as um, Dexter's dad. And I don't know. He was just he's pretty. To me, he's great in like everything that he does. Oh yeah, but I, that's one of the things that I really remember about him was uh, him being that main character, but a side character that just kind of popped up all the time in all the seasons of Dexter was mm-hmm. Jim Tremor, and amongst the other things that he's done, oh, yeah. of course. And if you're going to have a spy movie, it Brian Cox makes sense to have in there. He's got the the chops from a, a variety of other movies of, of similar bent. And he, he's also been in multiple comic stuff. I mean, he's got some X-Men related uh, appearance uh, under his belt. Uh, Helen Mirren, of course, who is just uh, fabulous in, in most things. Richard Dreyfus. I mean, <laughs> this is just a ridiculous cast. Yeah, the cast is tip top. Yeah. But uh, on top of that, the film is just fun. It's light, it's, like I said, it's kind of lighthearted. You, you aren't supposed to take it too seriously. It's just kind of meant to be fun action. And I, I really enjoyed this film a lot. I remember when watching it a lot more than I expected I was going to. I think so, too. And that's why I was saying it's just it's it's underrated. And I'm not saying this movie is like the most amazing movie ever made. It's just underrated for what it is. Right. Exactly. Now let's go to underrated for what it is to... Uh, something that, uh, again, a lot of people found maybe a little disappointing. Um, I have uh, seen the film, and I, I didn't think it was that bad. I actually kind of enjoyed it. Um, uh, Jonah Hex, 2010, man. Based off of an old DC character. Um, a, a, a sort of um, sort of uh, Western, but, you know, a little bit of sci-fi thrown into it. Because, I mean, you can't have a straight-up western in 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 dc comics it just doesn't exist in a vacuum but uh it, it encounters a little bit of everything um were you ever uh somebody that read any of those comics before no i was not familiar with the character or the character's powers or the character's skills or the bad guys or 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 anything involved with it um I just thought the movie looked cool, so I definitely saw it. I've seen the movie multiple times, and I've I've seen it recently too. I want to say, gosh, sometime this year. I can't remember when, but I have watched it even recently too. Where I like the movie enough that I've seen it multiple times, and yeah. it just gets such <clears throat> a bad rap, and it, it gets a low score on IMDb, and I don't think it made that much money. And it's, it's actually pretty good either. But 
Yeah. I enjoy the movie. Maybe. Yeah. Obviously, I'm one of the few, but I, I don't think it's that bad of a movie. No, I, I enjoyed it uh, a decent amount. The characters are back from 1972, so there's always a... When it's not a marquee character, you're if you're in my shoes anyway, you're kind of concerned about how it's going to translate to the average person watching, and maybe that's what it is. It's just not something that they're super familiar with and because it's a western the western is not really a a popular genre anymore i mean all those things playing into it and it just didn't come across but i mean uh the the characters originally uh uh tony uh d zuniga i believe is uh the name as well as uh john albano uh the writer he's been around forever there's the only thing that I didn't like the the power set that they gave him in the movie is not what it's supposed to be in the comics, uh, and it, this could just be me being an old person. I don't remember him having any powers in the comics. He, he didn't need it. He's just he's a, a guy that shoots guns real good <laughs> back in the old west, and that was okay. all he, all he's ever supposed to be. But uh, a heck of a, a heck of a cast in this one too. I mean. Josh Brolin doing the doing the hat trick of comic book characters. Yeah, and and the thing about him, Josh Josh Brolin, I think is one of our one of the better actors of our generation. Yeah. We see him a lot because of our um, because of the comic book stuff, and so people know him from that. But I don't know. I think he's he's a really solid actor and does really. well. I mean, it, even if we look at some of these roles, like when was it men in black three yeah the third um one. he was awesome in that one he was. um no no country for old men he was good um, in that. he was great in that I, those are just a couple of things that pop in the top of my head and he's done so many more things than that but uh he is great uh megan fox who was traditionally just not good uh in a lot of things that she does not all things in this one was yeah she was solid not distracting no. at all. Um, so I, I think one of the things is, you know, we, Michael Fassbender characters in, in, in this show too was really good. And we didn't really know Michael Fassbender. I still think at, at this point in time. Yeah. Um, he, he, at least maybe I didn't anyway. I'm rewatching. I, I tend to do it once a year, once every other year. I watch uh, band of brothers around the November time frame and Michael Fassbender's in that in band of brothers. And he, you don't recognize him as Michael Fassbender. There's a lot of people in that show. Do you don't recognize um, until you go read all the cast that's in it? That was from 2001. So he's been doing stuff for quite some time, but he just really hit his stride. Um, you know, probably around this time frame, right here, 2010, right. I feel like is where his, his momentum really picked up. Well, and we got John Malkovich in this one again, uh, where I really liked him in red. I really did not like him in this. I think that was maybe one of the only weaknesses in the film. And it wasn't exactly his acting that I think that was bad. I just don't know if they knew what to do with his character. So didn't, he was just, uh, his character was uninteresting <laughs> in the film. I think that was a yes. big detraction. Yeah, um, I buy that. Yep. Yeah, um, it was nice seeing Will Arnett in a small role in this. And he was on screen a couple times, like, oh, that's funny. Um, Michael Shannon, I mean, I always like him in pretty much anything he ends up showing up in. Now, 
uh, if you don't recognize the name immediately. Um, if you saw Knives Out recently, he was in that as one of the family members. Um, he's been in, golly, he's just been in so much stuff. Uh, Fahrenheit 451, not too long ago he was in. Uh, he was in, um, trying to think, Elvis and Nixon back in 2016. He was, I mean, just this dude has like a million acting uh, credits to his resume. You look at his face, you go, oh yeah, that dude. And he's usually pretty he was, awesome. He was Van Alden in Boardwalk Empire. Right. Uh, I still haven't seen that. That is a great series. And he plays it. He plays an interesting character in that movie, in that series, I, I should say. That's where I kind of started seeing him at. That's where I recognize him from. Yeah, he uh he's just he's got uh he's got an interesting way of um approaching lines uh, that just always works for me. Um but yeah, so this whole cast is actually pretty solid and even though in my mind this should have just been a standard western and it basically was. They just gave him powers because, you know, I'm I'm guessing it's a comic book movie so he must have powers. Okay, fine. Um but I, uh, even with that kind of insertion, it still was just, it was good. It was fun. I mean, not too much to say about it, really. And we have to mention, uh, Tom Wolpat too, because if, you know, Dukes of Hazard. so. Oh yeah. I mean, it's, it's kind of a given. Uh, I just, uh, I spaced it. I was going to say something and then I got distracted. <laughs> Distracted by the General Lee. That's right. So, all right. So we're almost done with 2010. Uh, I'm trying not to take too much time because otherwise this episode will be like three hours long. Um, but there were, I tried to save what I felt were the best three for last. Uh, or maybe best three isn't quite the way to put it. The best three of the ones that I have seen <laughs> for last. Um yeah, and maybe uh, the best rated, the most commercially successful, that, well, we could say. two of them were, anyway. Uh, one of them actually kind of bombed, um, but has a really strong um, fan following at this point. Yep. That's the one I'm going to end on. End on, yep. Um, so, um, so let's start with uh, Kick-Ass. Um, now, Kick-Ass was obviously also a comic uh, by the publisher of Icon back in 2008. So this comic had not been out a real long time when they made the movie. Uh, but one of the nice things about it was the people that made the comic were like industry titans. I mean, the the person that wrote it was Mark Miller. I mean, if you're looking for Batman or Daredevil stuff, it's Mark Miller. Um, but the artist on it was John Romita Jr., whose style is just unmistakable. Um, and I've heard that name before, and I don't know any comic book names. <laughs> right? I mean, so, I mean, you're taking something that's already really, really solid, even if it's more, more um, recent. It's very stylized. I mean, if you haven't seen this movie before, it is extraordinarily violent. Um, it is not realistic uh, in most respects. But it has some really fun commentary uh, on our relationship with how we think of superheroes, how we think of ourselves 
and our place in the world, wanting to have some sort of a purpose, wishing that we were more. It's It's got a lot of little, little nuggets like that in there that I really enjoy. And uh, the equivalent of, what, an 11-year-old girl beating up grown men <laughs> with weaponry. <laughs> yes, with um, great ease, if it will. You know, like, so <laughs> the, the movie really is fun. And it's it is a rated R movie, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Yeah. Do and not do not watch this with children. Uh, it did good, it did well enough that they did a sequel to yep. it. Yeah. Uh, not that that means anything, but still, um, it the characters were popular. The characters were were well played. The actors uh, returned for the sequel. Yeah. Yeah. So it. it Everything had this nice flow to it. Uh, Nicolas Cage has a tendency to overdo things or ruin movies in a sense, ruin them to the point where people love them. It's a real confusing thing. Yeah. And even he was. He was fun. Fine. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I think part of it is the director, Matthew Vaughn. Um, maybe the director that has done the most comic book related properties in the last century um, because he's got the obviously kick-ass here. He did the sequel. He did the Kingsman films, which were both comic book movies. Um, he did uh, X-Men first class or uh, he wrote it anyway. Yeah. Um, but um, so, I mean, this is somebody that understands comics and understands movies and the way that it's supposed to relate i feel even if he did produce um even if he did produce fantastic four so i was gonna say well he had one in there that kind of didn't play out so nice well you can't always win and i can't exactly fault him for that one he didn't write it he didn't direct it he just produced it so it's it's not exactly the same thing, uh, but we'll get to that again here in about five episodes. <laughs> Have you watched that Fantastic Four? I tried. I couldn't get through it. I mean, I've seen worse movies, but mm. you, you if you go into that movie expecting it to be how your setup should be in a Fantastic Four movie, I think it's just just strikes out immediately yeah I, I have certain expectations i i normally don't like to have expectations but if you're doing fantastic four that is the first family of comics you have to do it at least basically right and as much as we may laugh at uh, rise of the silver surfer and the previous fantastic four before that they still basically had it right even if they stumbled in some areas the characters were basically right the presentation was basically right and it really didn't feel they got any of it right in the 2015 but like i said we'll get back to that at some point yeah if you're gonna do dr doom which is like one of the biggest baddest bad guys twice and just <laughs> bomb it twice you know you know there's a problem yeah. Uh, anyway, yeah. Anyway. Anyway. So you've got uh, Aaron Ty uh, Taylor Johnson as the lead in this, and uh, he also ends up uh, playing a. Um, I'll say running normal speed in this movie. Yeah, I was gonna say he, uh, he's he's been in a few other things, uh, but uh, 
he um I thought he was he's really relatable. I mean, that's kind of one of the big things about this film. The the main character has to be super relatable. Um and he pulls that off. Uh he shows that he has range because, you know, Quicksilver is a completely different character. But I mean, you see that through the other stuff that he's done in his career thus far. He's got just stuff all over the place and he he's shown that he can kind of uh bend to be whatever it is i'm I'm curious i want to see him in the tenant film whenever i i get a chance to but uh we'll see but um so yeah you got you got him in this um you've got um mark strong i mean how can you go wrong with mark strong another person that's just done comic movie after comic movie um it's just this um one kind of fun thing. I mean, it's a small thing. This isn't a name that most people are going to know, but Corey Johnson is in this. And Corey Johnson has also been in another uh, comic book movie, that being the um, <clears throat> Hellboy film that was made uh, a number of years before this, the one that I, I like best, not the one that came out later, just as kind of like one of the the no-name characters. Um, but uh, uh, Christopher Mintz, is it Plas? Plaze? I feel terrible. Uh, Christopher Mintz Plas. Yeah. yeah. He, uh, he's, he's got comedy chops for sure, and he shows it in this film. Um, I mean, most people will recognize him from Superbad. Um, but, uh, yeah, he's, uh, he's really very funny. Um, what did you think about this film? Uh, no, I, I, I enjoyed this one. I thought it was really fun, and you're, I, I like the aspect of it being, you know, I knew it was a comic book movie. I'd obviously not read the comic book, but I knew it was a comic book movie, and I like the fact that they had been gaining more popularity. This is, the, you know, gaining, building steam at this point, and you come up with something that's non-traditional. Plus, I love the fact that it's not rated R because it's rated R, but I like the fact that you're delivering something as a true to form thing and it happens to be rated R, Yeah, you know? So that's, that's one thing I, I do appreciate where, you know, I mentioned before that the, the Titans movie is the Titans TV show is not for kids. And I appreciate the fact that it's more for an adult audience coming from a comic book source. So that kind of matches my feelings with, with this one too. It's just, yeah, it's just a good, it's a good fun movie to watch. Yeah. It it feels like it was, um, it was, um, it tried to take the source material seriously and well, I'm at least be, um, be as close to it as it could be. Um, I think, uh, Chloe Grace Moretz, I keep always let me call her Mortez for whatever reason. I don't know why, but Chloe Grace Moretz, um, she did great and sh- showed that she had potential and has kind of continued since then and been awesome. Um, at least I always thought so. She's done really great since then. So, I mean, it's just this great cast, great director, good source material. Can't go wrong. Um, so let's dip our toe into the MCU. Uh, next to last film, uh, we pick up with uh, Iron Man 2. Um, kind of fun. 
Would you say, to an extent, widely regarded as one of the worst of the MCU movies? It depends on who you talk to. Some people will say that it is. Some people will say that Iron Man 3 is way worse than Iron Man 2. Um, a lot of people will call Dark World worse than this. A lot of people will call the Hulk movie worse than this. Um, it, it's really weird. I I don't... This is one of those things that I've never really understood. Well, I guess it's just a taste thing. I don't really understand. There's a not a lot of consensus. Everybody says, yes, there are definitely some of these MCU films that are just way worse than the others. And then as soon as you ask people which ones they are, they're all over the place. Yeah. <laughs> so nobody agrees which ones are the ones that are just awful. Um, did I think this was one of the worst films? Well, it's not one of the best, but... I didn't really think it was that bad. I enjoyed it. Well, that could be a relative term, too, because if you're going to rate all the other movies as A's or B's and if this one's a C, doesn't mean that it's bad. It just means the other ones are better than this one. And that I don't I didn't instantly see any real problems, issues with this movie when mm. it came out. Um, I didn't know until reading things later on that people regarded this so, quote, poorly, um, because my reaction to it was that the movie was fine. Maybe not as amazing as some of the other ones, but no. I didn't really have a problem with it. There were some, there were some issues, um, for sure, but I would still put this about middle of the pack in terms of of where it stands in in my preference of watching because I mean it's got a lot of great things in it. It manages to continue the overall story very well. I mean John Favreau is one of my favorite directors and actors in the industry right now and I think he understands how to approach character a lot better than a lot of other people do. And he clearly has a love for the source material, and it comes through. Robert Downey Jr. is as good in this film as he is in the others, and he and he takes a, a journey in this film that he does not take in the others. Uh, they try to do it in the third film. Like I'm one of those people that I think the third one is worse than this one by far. Um, I did not like the third one in, uh, anywhere near as much as I like the second one, and I didn't like either of the two truthfully as much as I like the first. But that's I think partially because that was the first. Um, but, um, I think Gwyneth did fine. She didn't have a huge part. One thing maybe that threw people off was Don Cheadle. Um, I knew it threw me off. Uh, not that I don't like Don Cheadle. I actually really do like Don Cheadle. I think he's grown into the role quite nicely. However, <laughs> when it comes to what I think of who matches the character better, the previous roadie is more Rhodey than Don Cheadle is. And even after all of the times that he's been in the films, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It, that Rhodey is not the Rhodey I'm familiar with. That's not the one I think of when I'm reading the comics. Um, I agree with that. Um, and, and I don't, you know, I, I guess we'll never really know why the reason why they they switched. And well, we've got, we've got a he said, he said, he said, he said on it. So you, yeah. we've got some ideas. Um, it's, it's been pretty well covered by a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I feel like this movie has a lot of characters in it. You know, if you watch the, 
uh, Iron Man cartoon, right? It features a lot of good guys on the good guy squad and bad guys on the Mandarin squad and stuff like that. So I've mentioned it before, you know, what makes a, a good superhero movie is always the bad guys. And it, having Whiplash be the bad guy, I don't know. Not a great choice. Not a great choice. Whiplash would have been a great, a great, you know, sometimes they like to pile on bad guys, you know, too many bad guys, right? Yeah. And they kind of just give, like, Whiplash to me, it could be a really cool character, but like not carry the bad guy aspect yeah. of it. Yeah. And the Justin Hammer character is always just a thorn in the side, right? So and what Sam Rockwell did fantastic as that. He's just the man. Yeah, so like they should have like it should have been more Justin Hammer was the true bad guy and Whiplash and someone else were the ones causing the trouble, right? You know, I, I'm no expert, but it was uh, it was a little messy, and that that character was an amalgamation of several comic characters into one, and they shouldn't have tried to do that. And normally, I would say Mickey Rourke as that type of a character would be a mistake. Um, I like Mickey Rourke generally, and actually, I thought he did okay for what he was given. He did all right. Um, it, that that was yeah. a rough one to try and try and pull off, and I think I think he handled himself well. Um, Scar Joe showing up as a black widow in this, um, man. Well, has, uh, Natalie Romana, Natasha, Natalie Rushman. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, you know, she just got, uh, she just got married to Mr. Colin Jost. Uh, yeah. Top secret. Yeah. Um, of course you got Sam Jackson back in this Clark Gregg, who's freaking awesome. Uh, the late, great Gary Shandling is in it again. Of course, uh, Paul Bettany doing the voice. Um, I just, it's, it's solid. I mean, it's, 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 it's a fun movie. It, it, I think the biggest problem they had, like I said, was switching out uh, Rhodey. The pacing was weird. Um, but other than that, it, I, thought it was, I thought it was good. Um, so, yeah, I, I never had any problems with this one. Uh, interesting thing I just looked at. Justin Thoreau did uh, the screenplay. Yeah. Um, you've probably seen him in a lot of things as an actor, but I didn't know he wrote it. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Maybe. I would never have saw that either. Huh. Fun. All right. Well, let's end on a bang with uh, my favorite of the 2010 films to come out. Now, an interesting note. Apparently, uh, this first time viewing was actually at comic-con if you attended the panel that they did on this some individuals were then invited to screen the movie for the first time which uh, we are talking about uh, scott pilgrim versus the world um this is uh originally a comic from oni press in 2004 uh brian lee o'malley um it's it is just fun i mean it is one of it i can watch this movie over and over again and that's saying something because if you actually analyze the people in it a lot of them are awful <laughs> but it's, it's a really fun film yeah i watched this thing recently too sometime this year 
was the, the most recent time that I've watched it again. And I just knew we were going to talk about it. And I knew I'd seen it before when it came out, but I just hadn't seen it recently. So I wanted to watch it again to confirm that I liked the characters and I liked the fun that the movie was. And definitely confirmed. This is a fun uh, this is a fun movie with like the way the thing is constructed, the way it has the look and the feel. It's just I, I think fun is the the correct terminology to describe this movie. Yeah, I mean it's for for people that love comics and people that love video games and just being a big dork. Uh, so you know, like me. <laughs> <laughs> to a T. And you put a person at the helm like Edgar Wright, who's already just done awesome with uh, Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz and World's End. Well, technically World's End didn't come out yet, but it was it was coming. Um, I mean, the, the guy knows what he's doing uh, running a movie. And then add in a cast. Again, just another cast that is just stupidly good. Now, one of the hidden, well, not hidden gems exactly, but someone that most people will not say, hey, if this, this is an actor that I will follow, any movie he's in, I have to see because it's just not a marquee name. But for me, is kind of one of those people is uh, Kieran Culkin. He is actually super good in everything. And uh, I mean... Star of a current lineup of Volkswagen commercials. <laughs> yeah, well, he's probably pretty good in those commercials. I don't watch commercials, so. It, uh, yeah, it's actually. Anyway, he's in the commercial. It's a fun commercial. Yeah. Uh, but but you're right. Like he, he seems to be. He seems to be that type of character, that's, I don't know. It it, it's hard to describe. It's like his characters fit him. Yeah, if if that makes sense, like he, he's just fun. And going back to what you said before too, with Edgar Wright, just look at the movies that Edgar Wright has done. Mm-hmm. You mentioned like if you just look, go look, and he, it's not like he's done thirty of them, but the ones that he's done, like they all have this like cult following because they may not be commercially successful to an extent, but they just have this following beyond the movie theater that people love the movies and continue to build momentum beyond the release in a theater. Um, Michael Cera for a lot of people is kind of hit or miss um, because he's got kind of that nervous energy and some people like that and some people don't. I've always enjoyed him in pretty much anything that he does. Uh, It's just kind of fun. And I thought he, that is the right choice for (laughs) this character for sure. Um, thought he pulled that off great. Uh, having uh, Annie, Annie, having Annie in it, having Anna Kendrick in it is always good. Anna Kendrick is um, just she's got kind of uh, a, a small part in this, but I, I love her. I love her in everything. She's just got kind of that fun energy. She made me watch a a, a movie about singing. Uh, I hate musicals with a passion but okay she's in it i'll watch it and it's good okay fine um aubrey plaza again small part but aubrey plaza is hilarious i mean for those parks and rec people that uh that love it uh, but she's she's fantastic in everything 
Mary Elizabeth Winstead uh, had a couple of comic characters, this being one of them, but does great as Ramona Flowers. Um, it's just a crazy number of people. And then, of course, we get Chris Evans again. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because he's in everything. Part of, part of building in um, his his numbers, right? Got to right. get the... The, the the quantity up there quality is there for sure but the quantity we gotta get that up um, i would just like to revisit um one more time if you could tell me about your pitch perfect experience no i'm not going to talk about pitch perfect right now we're talking about comic book stuff but i, I enjoyed it i i didn't think i would and i did uh, so anyway uh, <laughs> Hey, I've been going back to movies where I thought I was going to hate them because, oh, this is a chick flick or this is a whatever. And it's like, you know what? I need to take off my preconceptions and I'm going to watch it. I watched Ghosts of Girlfriends Past with Matthew McConaughey. It's awesome. It's a great film. It's a wonderful version of A Christmas Carol that I would never have watched before because it's kind of a, supposed to be like a rom-com chick flick. It's super fun. It's great. But... Uh, <laughs> I don't mind. Um, so, yeah. What was that? The, the Pitch Perfect sequels. Right. I, I don't know if I'm going to get there yet. Uh, sequels are a slightly different matter because usually there's an exponential drop in quality. <laughs> so, I, I don't know if I'm going to get that. Well, there's two of them. So Yeah. Yeah. But... Um, the actress that plays Knives Chow is super fun. Ellen Wong, she did great. Uh, for for the two people in the hemisphere that have not seen this film, uh, it's basically, it's it's an awful thing. You know, a guy uh, that has graduated high school starts dating a girl that's in high school. Like, not like they're separated by a couple months. Like, there's a couple years, which is weird. And then he dumps her to chase well sort of to chase after this girl he eventually dumps her doesn't dump her at first i mean so like the the lead michael sears character is just a slime <laughs> to begin with and living with his friend wallace i mean he's kind of um also a little slimy but in a fun way <laughs> yes uh, mr culkin the slimy yes yeah. uh and even I don't know, like the, the, the characters that are that he defeats as he goes through all these, you know, stages, you know, they have their own level of fun bad, if yeah. you will, you know. I mean Brandon Ruth again in this one. He's in three comic films in twenty ten. Busy, busy man. Busy man. Um Did you mention uh Jason Schwartzman, who <laughs> is the an ultimate bad guy. And he did, he's always fun. I mean, he's just kind of a, he's a, not the, I about said guilty pleasure, but that's not really it. But it's just somebody I always enjoy seeing and things. Yeah. Um, Brie sure. Larson did great in this film. Um, she, she had a fun part and not a huge one, but a fun part. Um, yeah. I mean, just all around, this film is so much fun. The references are great. There's a lot of hidden jokes. I mean, if you like that sort of thing, this is something I can watch every, uh, every, you know, what, six months to a year. And, oh, I missed that last time. <laughs> Here's something new. Yeah, I feel like it's one of those things, and we've 
we've mentioned before in our movie discussions where if this movie you're flipping through the channels or you're looking at things that are on a streaming service or you know what have you and this thing pops up and you're catching it 20 minutes of it or 30 minutes of it it's 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 an easy thing to draw your attention in that um, a lot of movies don't do you know like a lot of times you see it and you're like yeah i'm just gonna go to the next thing but this one it's one of those that just it's a fun watch a few segments or watch the whole thing yeah oh yeah i forgot um um my brain is not wanting to to seize on to it but uh thomas jane is in this uh punisher himself back from the john travolta version <laughs> he's in it for one scene for just a snippet and it's fantastic <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and, and even you know uh may whitman we didn't mention her oh, she's in right. and she's in a lot of cool things too but like she's bill haters in it is is you know and allison pill well i skipped right yeah. over allison pill and she's fantastic in this film and pretty much anything else she ever goes into i mean just i will i will gush about this film all day long and it's just it's just really awesome but that our, our our listeners, our friends, our compatriots. That is 2010 in a snapshot. All of the comic book movies that, uh, well, at least that are based in the United States on English <laughs> comics. Um, what did you think? Did we come across some films that are some of your favorites? Did we mention a couple that you did not realize were based upon comic books? You can let us know. We are, of course, on social media at Real Pudding Guys on Twitter. We are at Pudding Guys on Instagram and Facebook. And, of course, we are on Patreon at Pudding Guys, where for just $1 a month, you can help support us as we bring you new content, new guests, new equipment to make us sound better and to be befuddled by as we try and make things work in the middle of the episode. <laughs> no problems with us we are technology whizzes and experts <laughs> but definitely let us know what you think we always love to get your feedback um assuming nothing else uh, happens uh we next week may be talking about uh maybe going on a rant or two possibly uh you never know we've we've got some fun stuff planned for you and we cannot wait to talk to you again